Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 50. That is right, my friends. We have made it to the big 5-0. We are talking all about tech coaching today and what we are going to be doing to get ourselves ready for the summertime, get prepared for the next school year. And today we have two fantastic tech coaches on to talk all about what they're doing right now to get themselves ready. This is actually going to be the first show in a two-part series. Today, we're going to be talking about what we do as tech coaches, and next week, we're going to be talking about what tech coaches can do to help out their staff, both 10-month, 12-month, teachers, office workers. We're going to be diving into all the things that we can be doing to help get us ready for graduation, the summer, those pesky PD sessions that we do over the summertime and, of course, beyond. If you guys have any questions on this topic, we would love to hear from you. Of course, you can reach out to us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach and all the archives of our shows are going to be over on AskTheTechCoach.com. We want to know what you guys are doing. Tweet us today over at AskTheTechCoach and let us know what you guys are doing for your professional learning as the year comes on. And guys, before we get into the meat of our show, I am so excited to announce we just got accepted to do a workshop, a three-hour workshop. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? A three-hour workshop on the Saturday of ISTE. That is right. If you are a tech coach and you are going to be coming to Philadelphia, we're going to be doing a three-hour workshop. I believe it's 1230 to 3 or 1230 to 330, something like that. On Saturday, June the 22nd, we are running our Tech Coach's Guide to Creating a Professional Development Program. Now, I got to tell This is one of those favorite workshops that Nick and I like to do. It is geared for new tech coaches. It is geared for veteran tech coaches. It is designed to help you guys get together and learn how to create the program that is right for you and right for your school. We're going to be really diving into some of the topics that we've done here on the podcast. More, Most importantly, how to create our tech integration plan. This is stuff that we talk about in our mastermind. We've done a couple podcasts, and I'm so excited that ISTE has asked us to come and do this workshop for us. Again, that's on Saturday, June 22nd. If you're looking for any information on this, you can, of course, reach out to us over at Ask the Tech Coach. We want to hear from you guys, and we would love to see you guys this year in Philadelphia at ISTE in our Ask the Tech Coach workshop. We are looking forward to have you guys. And you never know, if you show up, maybe we'll do some free giveaways. I've got some pretty cool things that are lying around the office here in the podcasting studio. We are looking to give away some pretty neat books and trinkets and stuff like that. You never know, maybe you'll get a Beanie Baby or a Lego statue. I'm not sure what my wife wants me to get rid of, but we've got a lot of great stuff for that. In addition to that, we've also got our brand new Building Your EDU Brand Workshop. Guys, we have over 150 teachers now signed up. A lot of tech coaches, too, who are looking to build that brand. It is coming to be the summertime. And a lot of tech coaches are looking to figure out how to make some money doing professional development. We have all the signups over here on our show, but you guys are going to be learning about how to find your avatar, how to create content, how to make a website, how to do a little bit of SEO, build a newsletter, and so much more. That is a free email course, and you can find out all the information over at askthetechcoach.com. This is episode 50. Thank you guys so much for being here. And I want to bring on our two guests today. They are returning veterans of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Number one, I want to bring on Miss Susan Vincents. Susan, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm great. Great to be back. It is so nice to have you here. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. 
Well, I am here in Louisville, Kentucky, and I am a kindergarten through 12th grade technology integration specialist at Christian Academy School System here in Louisville and um, one of our campuses in New Albany, Indiana. And it's so nice to have you. How are you going to be spending the next couple weeks as we get towards the end of the school year? What's, uh, what's, what's the big thing on your plate right now that you're going to be wrapping up? Um, one big thing is just um, ending the school year with my teachers, you know, mm. getting them ready to end the school year as we're going to discuss here in the next couple episodes and um, preparing for summer PD. Um, we're going one to one with Chromebooks next year, moving away from iPads. So we're getting all prepped and ready to go with that and getting our teachers prepped. There are so many school districts like yours that are doing the one to one thing these days. And what every teacher out there wants to know and every tech coach out there wants to know is how do you do it the right way, the first way? And I know you've got some good answers. Susan, where can people find you if they have any questions about going one to one? I am on Twitter at SV314DWS, and I also blog at techimaginations.net. And I want to bring on our second guest today. He was recently a guest on our other podcast, Educational Podcasting Today, Mr. J.P. Presidento. J.P., how are you today? Welcome back to the show. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here hanging out with you guys tonight. Thank you so much for the time. Talk to us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing. Yeah, so like Jeff said, my name is J.P. Presavento. I serve the Fox School District in Arnold, Missouri as the Instructional Technology Coordinator, where I devise, develop, deploy PD for our 850-plus teachers, K-12. Um, in addition, I have a little podcast called The Bits and Bites of Education that I talk with folks every other week about how they're using tech in their classrooms. Now, you've got 850 teachers. Susan's got K to 12. You guys, this is easy, right? This whole organization. I'm sure that you guys do organization in your sleep. We're going to be talking all about how to get organized and how to get ready for the summertime today. But before we get into that, we're going to do a quick word from our sponsor, and then we're going to dive into our topics. We'll be right back on Ask the Tech Coach. Friends, before we move on with our show, I wanted to let you guys know I have been in education now for almost... 20 years, and I've seen the changes some students have come to face every single day, whether it's going through school hungry, not being able to see a doctor when they're sick, or not getting the proper rest at night. These challenges make it hard for kids to focus on their learning. I remember a story of a student who came to my office one day and she could barely stay awake due to all the circumstances happening around her at home that were beyond her control. I didn't know what I could do and I wanted to be able to help her out in any way that I could. Thankfully, Concordia University in Portland is leading the way with their three to PhD program that helps to combat students' fears freeing them to pursue their highest dreams. They're revolutionizing education by creating a holistic model that provides groceries, healthcare, and even clothing to students right here on campus, helping them thrive and helping our communities strengthen and grow. Concordia's College of Education offers online and on-campus programs where students have the opportunity to learn about a more compassionate approach to education and see how nurturing the whole student can lead to amazing things. To learn more about how you can help students conquer their monsters and achieve their highest dreams, visit cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. That's cu-portland.edu forward slash 
let's conquer. And we're use the hashtag nature, educate, grow. And we are back for Ask the Tech Coach. This is episode 50. I want to say thank you guys for joining us. I am so excited that you guys are here for our journey. Now, I'm meeting here with JP and Susan talking all about things that we are doing right now as tech coaches to get ourselves organized. JP, I want to start with you here because we talked a little bit about this before the recording. Why? Why is it important for tech coaches to get organized? Why do we need to be worrying about all this stuff? Aren't we all just naturally organized people? You know, one might think that as someone who coaches and facilitates this kind of work, that we just have it all together on our own, but we don't. You really have to be intentional and you have to think through what you have, where you have it, and how to get to it quickly. Because especially in my case, I have 850 plus folks who are relying on me to make sure that I can give the right resource at the right time. So making sure that we have things named the right way, we have everything where it needs to be, is so important to our productivity and our ability to serve those teachers every day. Now, I kind of look at this and remind myself of what happens when you go into an airplane. JP, have you ever taken an airplane flight? Yeah, a couple. Now, every airplane flight starts with that pre-flight speech, right? And they always get to that point where they say, at some point in time, the oxygen sensors might come down. The rule is you put yours on first before worrying about somebody else. And I always look at organizations saying the same thing. If we're not organized, it's going to be hard to preach and talk to our teachers about their organizational skills. Susan, talk to us a little bit about what you're doing. You said that you're also in the middle of this whole organizational thing. Why is it important for you as the tech coach, especially with all the buildings and grade levels, why is it important for you to be organized? Well, your illustration about the airplane speech was right um, right on. You know, helping yourself before you help anybody else. I think it's so important as a tech coach to be an example to the teachers, what we're encouraging them to do. So many times I've been, you know, part of a staff years ago and you would see whether it be curriculum people or tech people, oh, do this, this and this. But then you look at their computer desktop and it's all this clutter. So it's very important to me that I'm an organized tech coach. And, you know, when I'm doing a presentation and they see my Google Drive or they see my Gmail account, what have you, or my calendar, that they see it in an organized fashion. So I'm the example to show them what they um, should be doing to make themselves more efficient users. I I love that you had mentioned you know, you show people your drive, you show people your Gmail, because I work with many, many teachers out there who are afraid to show me their drives, because it's that it's that I I don't know how to do this, but I know this is important. And I got to tell you, Gmail, or I'll say Google, doesn't very doesn't do a very good job at helping us. And it certainly doesn't do a good job at encouraging us to stay organized. I'll give you guys an example here. I'm one of those guys that whenever I work with my teachers, I stress from the beginning, create a folder and then create the documents inside the folder. And I've been doing this for four years and and, and really trying to, to pound this into my teachers, get yourself organized. I was even today working with a teacher on their Google Drive app. And I said, you know, with the Google Drive app on your phone, you can take a picture and it automatically goes into Google Drive. And they said, that's amazing. I said, yeah, but you got to remind remind yourself, put the folder up first. And that way, all the pictures go into the folder. Anyway, 
Then Google comes out with this whole docs.new, slides.new, and everybody thinks that's awesome and that's amazing. And I'm sitting here going, no, because as soon as you do docs.new, it picks a new doc and puts it in your highest level, my drive folder. Guys, if you're listening to this, JP and Susan are shaking their heads yes up and down because they, they get this, right? And if you guys are listening to this and you've got some of these little squabbles, I'd love to let you I'd love to hear from you guys. What are your biggest pain points when it comes to organization? Find us over at Ask the Tech Coach. Let us know what your biggest pain points are for organizing yourself at the end of the year. So Susan, let me ask you here. You, you it's it's now the middle of May. When did you start the whole organizational process? Is this something that you just kind of you know, a week ago you said, "Hey, it's getting warmer outside," or are you one of those you know five to ten minutes a week you just keep yourself organized throughout the year? I personally try to be one of those people. Um, like I was referring to all ago in doing a training, the teachers will inevitably ask. How is your stuff always in folders? And I just and and that's kind of part of my training as I encourage them by just saying I do take about five minutes. Well, hopefully a day, but sometimes it ends up being 15 to 20 minutes a week and just get everything in a folder, whether it be in my email, my calendar or my drive. So I try to be one of those who works on it as I go. JP, how about yourself? Are you are you an organized dude? You know, I really try to make sure that I model that for the folks I work with. And, you know, there was a day a couple of years ago that I wasn't so organized. I sat down and I created my folder structures. I created naming conventions for files in my drive. And now I really just try and stick with that. And if I try to stay on top of that as work comes to me, I find that I don't have to be that um, hide everything under the bed before company comes over or before I do the PD that things are just where they need to be. If I'm kind of creating that workflow for myself, that when I get a new file, I make a new, make a folder, dump the shared file in the folder and go from there. I know myself, I like to stay organized as much as possible, but, but let's face it. It's difficult to do that stuff. But you know, I, I try to keep it at least once a month. I'll spend some time or if I have some downtime in there. So guys, we're going to be talking about five things, five of the most important things that you guys as tech coaches can be doing right now to help get yourself organized. And again, next week, we're going to be talking about what you can do with your teachers and stuff. But right now, we're going to be looking at five things that you guys should be doing. And JP, we were talking about this earlier. The first thing you should be doing is organizing your Gmail. Absolutely. So as we're getting ready for the end of the year, you know, I know if you guys are anything like me, I have marketing emails, I have listserv emails, I have emails that I responded to and now Gmail might be nudging back up to the top. The first thing I want to do is make sure I clean out that inbox. I'm going to make sure that I delete all those marketing emails that I know I'm not going to buy the product and that everything else that I've taken action on, I just check that box and I make sure I archive all those so I can go and search for them later if I need them, but they're not taking up space in my inbox. I can't say enough about that, right? The whole labeling system is important. I even go into settings and you set your label to show only if unread. Absolutely. I, I like to play this game where the stuff on the left side of your Gmail, you should have that as small as possible to keep yourself organized. Now, Susan, you've got a couple things that you talk about with Gmail. What are some of the things that you keep in mind when it comes to organizing your your Gmail box? Uh, definitely labels. Um, I have a label for everything, um, whether it be emails from my boss that need to be followed up on 
or each of my campuses has its own label and I immediately move things in there um, after I've read it. And if there are things I truly know I need to follow up right away, they may sit in my inbox for, for a couple of days. But otherwise, when, when I answer something, but I need to follow up later also, it goes in that label for me to check when I'm at that campus uh, or when I'm dealing with that teacher or that topic of research. That, that's, that's so important. Knowing that you're in, you know, this is the rule here, guys. Your inbox is not a to-do list. Definitely. What else do you have? Um, I think creating a f um, filters are important. If you're a Gmail user, it's called filters. Or if we still have Microsoft people out there, it's probably called a rule. Mm -hmm. uh, and making those filters go to certain spots, especially for things that may not need to be read right, right away. You know, if it's, oh, the weekly newsletter from so-and-so out there or the newsletter from the blog I'm following. I might not need to read that right away, but I can create a filter for it to automatically go in a folder to read later. And then that's still highlighted in bold black print to remind me I need to go back and follow up and read that. Oh, absolutely. And you know, the best filter that you have on Gmail and you guys get lean into this one, guys, the best filter that you have, the delete button. Right. If especially at the end of the year, you've got all these emails from, you know, August and from November about first marking period grades and guys get rid of all of that stuff. I know, especially with myself, I get a ton of emails because I'm on, you know, building all list. Right. I'm sure you guys are, too, out there. A lot of that stuff you don't need. Get rid of it. I've seen so many tech coaches where their inbox is like 25 million people or 25 million e emails and it's all teacher stuff in a building that you don't even need to know about. So get, take a moment, archive the stuff, delete the things, make labels, um, you know, clean out that inbox and, and send whatever you don't have to that archive, right? I think Gmail does a, a really bad job at helping us keep organized because by default, the label called all mail is not shown. JP knows what I'm talking about. That's right. Mm -hmm. So many teachers go, I don't know where it is if it's not in the inbox. And I'm going, it's in your all mail. And I don't want to go on a rant here, guys. I'm not going to do that to you guys. Some of hey, you that's a conversation I just had two days yes. ago. Oh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll basically put it this way. If you're sitting at your desk, the floor is all mail. Everything that you have in your in your in your Gmail is all mail. The stuff you have on your desk is your inbox, right? That's the stuff that it's where your hands are. You want to be able to see that stuff. If you don't need it, get it off your desk and throw it on the floor, right? It's always there. You can step on it later, but just ugh, another rant for another day. We've talked about that one enough. Anyway, so the first thing that we want you guys to keep in mind is organize that Gmail for yourself. It'll help you out because I don't know about you guys. I've done this a lot. I'll sit next to a teacher and the teacher will look at me and go, oh, your, your Gmail's organized. How do you do that? And then you get into some of those conversations. You're like, I gotcha now. All right. So number one, Google Drive. Um, number two is an interesting one that many of us don't think about. Susan, what is the second thing that we need to be looking at? The next thing on the list is looking for your Google, Google Chrome extensions. And that is so important, right? We know and think about that stuff. And throughout the throughout the year, we, we bookmark things. We get new Chrome extensions. We throw Chrome extensions on there that we'll never use again. What are you doing these days with your bookmarks and Chromebooks? Like, do you have a philosophy for how bookmarks and stuff should be organized? 
Oh, yes. And this is a part of a presentation I do throughout the year with the teachers at the beginning and reiterating at the end is organizing those extensions. Um, a lot of people don't realize out there that you can create folders in that bookmark bar, book, bookmarks bar just like you do in your email. So I make that connection with my teachers. And again, I model that in my own bookmarks bar. And you can rename those bookmarks to be whatever you want them to be. And they can even be sitting there with no name at all. So I definitely put that in my end of the year training notes for my teachers. And that's one of those things that you can sit there, you know, if you've got two or three minutes of downtime, you can start moving those things around and make it easier. Many people don't realize that in Chrome, you've actually got a bookmarks manager. If you go up on the top left to where the three dots, the little snowman is, you can you can dive into your bookmark manager and manage those things really, really simple. Uh, JP, do you have a philosophy or a strategy for all your bookmarks? You know, I've just recently started changing how I do bookmarks a little bit. Oh, yeah? And, you know, I have a standard seven or eight that are always going to hang out up there. But now I've been using that bookmark bar kind of as a project manager. So really? instead of being a tab hoarder and a window hoarder, I'm going to create a folder up in my bookmarks bar for whatever project I'm working on. Right now it happens to be uh, three separate PD events that I'm hosting. And I have a folder in my bookmarks bar and all of the pertinent files, web pages, and even emails that go along with that project I leave in there. Then when that project wraps up or when I'm doing my spring cleaning at the end of the year, I'm just going to go ahead and delete that folder because I don't need that up there anymore. It's not something I'm accessing every single day. You know, that is something that we don't remember often, right? An email has an, has an internet address, so it can be bookmarked. Oh, absolutely. And that's just so important because a lot of times when you're working on those big projects, that email is just as important as the Google Doc or just as important as that research you have. You need all that together in one place. And when you're cleaning up at the end of the year, you might be done with that project. So it's time to pass that on to, to the trash can. All right. So the first thing that we want to make sure that we're attacking here is Gmail. The second thing is Chrome with our bookmarks and, and making sure that all of that stuff is organized. JP, what's the third thing that we need to be worrying about? And this, this has got to be one of the biggies here. It definitely is, Jeff. The next thing we need to make sure that we're tackling is our Google Drive. Yes. And our Google Drive, this is where we get all our work done throughout the year. And it can get a little bit messy, just like that junk drawer you have in your house where you just kind of put stuff and you put stuff, and you put stuff, at some point, you have to clean that out. The first thing we want to make sure that we're doing in our Google Drive is searching for all those files that just say untitled. All those documents you started because you need to check something or run a little test. As a tech coach, you probably do that five times a day. So go and search for all those untitled files and get those all out of your drive. What's the next thing you like to do, Jeff? I like to go in to everything that has different names right and i like to try my best you know this is, this is one of those you have to do it as you're doing it but making sure that there's a file structure to it right in other words if you and i are co-workers and i call everything chapter one and you call it ch period one we got to start to organize these things the joke of course being is hey did you know that google's a search company well if we name things differently it's really difficult so go in and you know ch period two space Unit one homework, right? Always add some kind of a naming convention to all that stuff. It's it's a silly little pet peeve of mine, but uh, but it's certainly so important. Susan, what are some of your Google Drive tips? Well, taking it a step further, once you get it all organized into those folders, then getting those folders easy to find for your own efficiency. So 
the color coding, right clicking and making, you know, everything for PD a certain color, everything for this campus a certain color and so on. And even going a deeper step further, one thing I like to do, and I come from an elementary background, so, you know, the cutesy stuff is in. I like putting the symbol, I definitely like the color, but I also like putting a symbol, or if I want that folder to be first, I put a number one by it, or I find a soup. Mm. A cutesy symbol on copypastecharacters.com and go from there. I, I gotta tell you, I, I I have not adopted the emoji yet. I, I I think I'm going to be refusing to adopt emojis and all of my stuff. But I understand. I use hashtags too. Um, I I'm a Hansel and Gretel color coder. So in other words, like you know, if you look at my teacher cast drive, I will have in order to find my teacher cast presentations, you have to go orange, 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 orange. And I just have folder, folder, folder. So in other words, I'm following the line of the orange. I don't know. I call that the Hansel and Gretel because of the breadcrumbs and stuff like that, right? But but that's just how I do things. I know some people say, you know, all of my red might be my presentations, my green might be my spreadsheets, my brown might be my whatever, right? Um but that is so important to do those color coding. But there's one more way that we can kind of make sure that we're focusing on special things. Uh, JP, what do you usually look at when it comes to, you know, checking to make sure that nothing is special or unspecial for each other? You know, one thing that I really like to make sure I do is I like to go through that starred section of my drive, Jeff, and I try to clean that out every couple of months, especially at this time of year, because I'll be working on projects throughout the year and I'll just hit that little star and that makes those files and folders easy to find. But the thing that I like to remind my teachers is that if you star every single file or folder, the star doesn't mean anything. Just like if our kids are annotating and they highlight everything in the paragraph except one word, there's nothing there that's special. Absolutely. And it's all about keeping things uncluttered, right? I have so many teachers that have said to me, how do I remove all of the shared with me things? How I, I, I got to ask, I know my philosophy here is kind of weird, but, but uh, Susan, what's your philosophy for the shared with me question? Do you tell your teachers to delete everything? Do you tell your teachers not to worry about it? Because my goodness, Susan, everybody wants to organize their shared with me drive. They so do. That's always the first question they ask. I have a present, a conference presentation I do about organizing Google Drive, and that's the first topic. How do I organize my shared with me? And I'm one of those people, I tell them to take what they need and file it immediately. And I teach them how to find the Google Drive symbol on the very top of the document near the title and add to Drive and organize it immediately. And then I say, do not worry about, do not worry about that shared with me folder. It's just like that closet you leave in your house and you put everything in there you don't want to look at. Think of it that way. So we have our Gmail, we have our Chrome, we have our Drive. The next two applications, we're going to kind of do at the same time because I, I kind of think that they're one application sometimes because they, they, they're kind of sister and brother are here. Google Classroom and Google Calendar. Now, one of the things that we want to do is we want to make sure that we're archiving all of our stuff, right? We don't want to be coming into September with all of these classes in front of us. Um, Susan, what are some of your tips that you use for Classroom? Because I'm sure K-12, you've got a few. Well, one thing to remember is when you have an assignment as a teacher, um, you want to make sure that you return those assignments because when the student turns it in, you're the owner of it. Uh. You want to give them back their stuff 
so that they have access to it in the future in their own Google Drive. And if you want, one other thing that I was talking to some teachers about the other day is, well, what do I do with all these files in this classroom folder in my drive that I don't want to have to look at, kind of like they're shared with me folder, I suggested to them to make an archive folder inside of there. So that way, just like we archive our own our old classes, we want to go to that folder also and make an archive folder just so you don't have to look at it all the time. And if you need to refer to it later, it's there. I, I think it's also important to add never delete the classroom folder because you can't get yes. it back. And, I, and I've talked to so many IT uh, directors about that. If you accidentally delete your main Google Classroom folder, anything else that you make is now floating in my drive. It doesn't have that box. You cannot, and this is per user account, right? So if PJ accidentally uh, does his class, I'll never be able to get his classroom folder back. It's always a mess. Even if you create a folder called classroom and start putting stuff in there, as if he makes another Google classroom oh. class, it's floating around and oh, not happy with that stuff. But that's a good thing that you mentioned. I've never remembered to mention that to my teachers or return everything because you know, students want to take their homework with them to college and everywhere else. Right. But I think the really important thing to mention with that one, especially from the lens of the tech coach, Jeff, is that if we're having teachers do work for us in our Google Classroom classes, those are probably files that they are going to want back. They're going to want to tinker with over the summer so that they can perfect to use with their kiddos once they get back to school in the fall. Well, that's true. And, and I was thinking about this today because I was doing some work for the tech coach uh, workshop, which, by the way, is at ISTE on Saturday. Um, you know, I've got a Google Classroom for this workshop and I'm adding different assignments to it. And I realized a couple times late that, you know, I'm adding new assignments and I'm hitting the assign button going, wait a minute, everybody who was in my workshop from months and months and months and months ago, I just spammed them and sent them email. So if you're listening to this podcast and you got an email from me, I'm sorry, but is that one of those things, JP, that we need to be thinking about of delete your teacher slash, you know, your teacher students first before the end of the school year? Because, you know, you do work, you know, if you're going to do a, a, a PD session in your school and you're going to be updating it, now everyone's getting those emails. Yeah, that's a really great question. And that's important for us tech coaches and for our teachers. I would say that before I delete everyone from a class, I would go ahead and archive that class or in the more recent version of Google Classroom, make a copy of that class mm. and archive the old one. Because that way, we're just starting fresh with a new group of learners, a new group of assignments, and we can copy anything we need from that archived class. That's such a good idea. I, I didn't think about that because of the way I set up all my PD. There's so many things linked to a class. And then each of the, the sections or the chapters, everything is linked to a specific chapter. And I would not want to archive that and have to redesign all the different links and stuff like that. But I'm weird. Understand, right? I'm a little bit weird like that. So keep that in mind. Now, now JP, you had mentioned classroom and calendar, and we were going to put them as one, but we kind of want to put them as two. Why is it important to look at classroom and calendar together? And, and what do we need to worry about with calendar? Oh my gosh, yeah. So one thing with Google Classroom that some teachers may not realize is that every time you create a new classroom, you get a new Google Calendar to go right along with that. That's built automatically. It lives in your Google Calendar. If you're a secondary teacher 
or if you're a tech coach that gets added as a teacher in a whole lot of classes, your Google Calendar list will grow exponentially just like that. So as you go in and archive those old Google Classroom classes, jump on over to Google Calendar, make that your next stop, mouse over that Google Classroom calendar that has the same name as the class, hit the X, and get rid of that cal- calendar from your list. Now, do we are, are, are we able to delete ourselves from other teachers' classrooms, or do I need to email the teacher and say, please delete me from your class? Uh, you know, we can unenroll ourselves from a class, but usually I like to just stay in that class, let the teacher archive it, so then I still have that record of everything that I did. Even once the teacher archives the class, we can jump into our Google Classroom archive classes and still have a view-only record of everything that happened in that course, which I think is, a re- is really useful for us as tech coaches and for the teachers we work with, but then thinking of that from the teacher lens as well, so they still have that record of the work their kids did the previous year. Susan, do you have any Google Classroom tips and tricks that you like to keep in mind? I think um, I'd just um, reiterate what JP was already saying about definitely the calendars. I was just doing this the other day. Those teachers, inevitably, they do not realize where all those calendars come from. I had one ask me the other day, I didn't create all these calendars. And then I'm like, well, yes, you did. You're using Google Classroom for all of these block, block periods. So we have five things that we just discussed. We have Gmail, Chrome, Drive, Classroom, Calendar. But JP, there's still one more thing that we need to be keeping in mind. What's that sixth most important thing? Well, that sixth thing, Jeff, is thinking about all the resources that you have out there right now and archiving your resources, seeing what maybe is out of date that needs to be updated for next year, and figuring out how you're going to house and store all of this year's stuff keep it separate from all the new resources you're making for your teachers next year. Susan, do you have any best practices or ideas for how you um, update your resources and archive the old ones as you're turning over a school year? I'm really becoming a fan of um, the newest trending tool, uh, Wakelet. I'm really getting into that and um, taking kind of more so using my Chrome bookmarks bar for current projects, as you mentioned earlier and then taking those um, resources that I may need to refer to in the more distant future and bookmarking them into categories and collections on Wakelet and sharing them with my coworkers as needed and those such things. I think this is the time where we need to remind ourselves, and and I know we've been doing a lot of Google stuff here. I mean, it's we're we might you know we're going to do a, a Microsoft site at show as well, but it's important for us to remember right here that a folder or a file could be in more than one location. So it's okay to take a bunch of stuff and throw it in an archive folder, but you can have something be in an archive folder and in a current folder and somewhere else and somewhere else, right? It's it's on on a Mac if you hit the option key, or I think it's if you hit the alt key on on a Windows or a Chromebook, you can add a folder to more than one place and and you know when you're archiving these things look if you need to archive everything in a big folder but you need to have like your lesson plan out or you need to grab a homework it's okay to have things in more than one spot so 
Those are the six things that we are talking about today. We want to know what you guys have. Is there anything that we missed? Because we want to make sure that next week when we talk about how we're going to get our teachers organized, we want to make sure that we have a complete list. If you have anything to add to this, please let us know over on Twitter. You can, of course, find us at Ask the Tech Coach. We would love to hear from you guys and get some feedback on today's show. Now, there's always one more thing, right? There's always one thing here that we as tech coaches do. I've, I've, I've had this happen to me many times. I'm sure JP and, and Susan have had the same issue. The last thing that we need to be organized and ready for is the fact that as soon as we leave for school, everything is going to change, right? We, Google's going to come out with the next greatest thing. The, the colors are going to be different. The, 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 the way that the page looks, right? So I always say to, to tech coaches, try not to do your screencasts and do all your screenshots for September, like in May, right? So I, I, I love this story. I, I hate the story, but I love the story of I spent a lot of time one year in July and August doing a 15-part series on Gmail about go up to the red button and go up to the red button and go up to the red button. And as soon as school came around, it was a blue button or... <laughs> I, I'm never going to forget that one. But I think we've all learned from experience yes. in those cases after years of doing this. And look, technology changes, right? We all know that. But, but be... Be aware of it. You know, be aware that no matter what's happening, something's going to be different. There's a new tool. There's a different this, different that. I think the, the thing that we're trying to get to today is take care of the stuff that you can take care of. You can't take care of everything, you know, but, but just like the airplane analogy, take care of yourself first, get yourself organized, make sure that you're running smoothly. So that way, Hey, you guys can enjoy your summer. Susan, I know you're looking to enjoy your summer and uh, you've got some exciting things here. Talk to us a little bit about where we can find you and how do we connect with you for the summer and uh, where do we find you on social medias? Um, on Twitter, I'm at SV314 DWS. Um, same thing on Facebook. And I also blog at techimaginations.net. Excellent. And thank you so much for being back on this show. And uh, we look forward to having you. We look forward to having you again. We'll make sure that all of the links for our co-host today are going to be down here in our in our show notes. Again, this is Ask the Tech Coach number uh, episode 50. Now, JP, where do we find you? And, and one more time, talk to us a little bit about that great podcast. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. So I host a podcast called The Bits and Bites of Education. That's bites of technology, not bites of food. It's about a biweekly show where I um, share snack-sized ideas, interviews, and resources that teachers can use in their classroom and talk to folks um, just like our listeners today about the way that they are using technology in their classrooms. You can connect with me on social media at JPPrez. That's at J-P-P-R-E-Z-Z. And you can check out my website and podcast at JPPrez.com. And of course, we'd love to have you guys join us at ISTE this year. We're going to be doing our Ask the Tech Coach podcasting workshop, talking to you guys all about how to really be a tech coach. We're going to be doing a hands-on workshop for our EdTech integration plan. We're going to have some great freebies because it's in Philadelphia. I can drive everything in. I'm looking forward to not having to take an airplane this year. Lots of great stuff. We want to know what you guys are doing. Of course, we are on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net. We would love to have you guys, and we are looking forward to our next episode where we're going to be diving into things like Google Takeout, Google Transfer. There's a difference on that. What do we do? And we're going to be talking about how to get your teachers ready 
and a little bit about your students, but we're going to be really worrying about how do you get out of your school district the best way possible. What can we do to make sure that we have a transition from our current school district to another school district or from our school district to the summertime? So stick around. We're going to be doing that. I believe that episode is going to be on uh, the last week of May. We're going to be doing our roundtable for that. So Guys, I want to say thank you so much for helping us out. This is episode number 50. I know Nick would say the same thing, but Nick right now is actually in the middle of a move. So, Nick, if you're listening to this, we miss you, buddy. Nick has decided to uh, to, to transfer his house right now, and so he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks, and we will certainly, uh, you know, we certainly miss him here on the show. But anyway, we hope you guys have had a great time. We hope you've enjoyed our episodes here for the last 50 episodes. I want to say thank you guys so much and for helping us grow this. The best way to help us out on our podcast here is simply by sharing this link with others you can of course go on over to askthetechcoach.com for all of our archives and guys it is just getting started here we've got some great things happening over the summertime and we are so excited to be asked to be doing our workshop over at ISTE 2019 so guys on behalf of JP and Susan and everybody here on the teacher cast educational network my name is Jeff Bradbury reminding you to keep up the great work in your classroom and continue sharing your passions with your students